Hi again, everybody. Thanks for checking out localjobnetwork.com radio and the podcast Moving Up the Ladder. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Now, this edition of Moving Up the Ladder, we're touching on a burgeoning group of people entering the workforce, the Innovation Generation. Anthony Mills is joining us to talk about this group and the potential impact that they could be having. Anthony is the founder and CEO of Legacy Innovation Group, and he joins us now. Anthony, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Tim. It's great a pleasure to be with you. Now, we kind of chatted right before the show here, and I mentioned that innovation is one of those terms that everybody kind of gets, but they don't really know how to describe it. And I wanted to start off by giving you that chance to kind of set the tone for where we're coming from, what innovation means to you. Certainly. Let's start with innovation. There's really not one type of innovation. Uh, It's not one catch-all. There are really different types of innovation. For example, there's business innovation there's social innovation, there's product innovation, and so forth. So you really have to divide those and separate them. What we're really focused on here more is is business innovation. And what we mean by that is, is a new and novel approach to doing something that delivers new value to your markets and also is profitable for the company. So that's a real nutshell definition of business innovation. It also encompasses things like product innovation, Mm -hmm. process innovation, and so forth. But that's the idea. That's the nutshell. One thing that's interesting to me is anytime we sort of get into this new generation and people want to label them as one thing or another, you know, we hear about millennials, of course, at this point, isn't every generation seen as being innovative? What makes this generation in your mind even more different or even more innovative? Okay. First of all, you are correct. Every generation has been innovative in some way and has come up with new ideas and new way of doing things. What makes this generation different is really two things as I see it. Number one, we live in a technology era where the pace of innovation is much faster than it has been in most of the industrial age. Sure. So even though there was innovation before, now it seems to be happening faster and faster and faster and faster. And we've become acclimated to that sense of faster change and and faster turnover of technology and that element of innovation. The other part is that the people coming through college and university right now in sort of that age range are being exposed to a whole new series of thought processes that generations before them weren't. Things like lean startup, design thinking, content marketing, experiential learning, as well as the whole maker movement and we we want to learn fast and fail fast and get things to market fast. And a lot of that is augmented with tools like MakerBots and 3D printing and so forth. So there's a whole series of of learnings and insights that are forming the thought process that this generation is having that generations before them didn't have access to. Right. Do you see this as being part of a potential gap between employers and hiring and you hear so often that we're not finding the right people or they're leaving after two years. Is there a strong correlation between the two? Uh, yeah, I think so. And, and, and part of what I didn't mention is as a result of uh, the, the new thought processes that this generation is being ex- exposed to, they have become much more entrepreneurial, okay. much more entrepreneurial than generations before them. As a result, they're, lo- they're really looking for something different in the workforce. They're not looking to simply get hired on and meld in and become part of a steady rhythm the way generations before them uh, might have. Instead, really what they're looking for is they're looking for a much more dynamic workplace and one that is 
geared in their business processes and their product development processes, geared toward learning fast and experimenting and moving fast and being very entrepreneurial. As a consequence, what companies really need to take a look at is how do we begin to conform to what this generation is needing? Because if we don't, we're going to lose them. Hmm. So companies really have to step back and say, uh, you know, it's not going to be turning the ship overnight, but it's going to be we need to start looking at these things right now to engage this generation. And to engage them, they do need to change and become more focused around rapid learning and rapid experimentation and getting things to market faster. The benchmark that this generation is comparing companies to is our startups. Right. Okay? And be- because this generation is much more entrepreneurial, they're much more in tune with what's going on in the whole startup space with with startups and, and seed funding and angel funding and venture capital and how fast and nimble those move. And it's very exciting for this generation. So when they compare the normal workforce uh, and the workplace with that, that's the benchmark they're using. And they're, they're looking for something that's more entrepreneurial like that. So the challenge to companies is how do we begin to adapt our internal processes in a way that will engage this generation? Because if they don't, I think ultimately this generation is not going to stick around very long inside of their workforce. Do you have any specific examples that you could maybe offer up to those, you know, upper management type and and owners of businesses to say, hey, this is a way to better engage them or this is a way to give them some allowance of that speed or that risk that they kind of want to take because then they see that's going to get them to success more quickly? Right. Well, there's certainly a number of things that different companies are trying out right now. Some companies are doing various entrepreneuring programs okay. or business plan competitions. Hmm. That's becoming more and more common. They may have a day job, you know, a separate job, <laughs> right. but they also, they also avail them to opportunities to plug in to very internal entrepreneurial things like business plan competitions where they form teams and they come up with a concept that could be the next product or service for the company. And they go off and develop a business plan around it and, and, and the whole go-to-market strategy and some financials and stuff. And they really have a chance to do something entrepreneurial within the confines of the business. And that gives them one way to, to pursue this in addition to their other work. Now, at the same time, companies can establish entirely new business units that are focused on like new markets, for example, or non-core. And they may want to staff this entirely with the younger generation that comes at this more entrepreneurially and say, hey, we can take the entrepreneurial approach to going after new markets and and bring a lot of energy into that. So those are a couple of examples. There's a flip side to that as well as some of the uh, incentive programs and rewards need to be reexamined to look at how do we make these people feel more like they're partners in the business, not just employees of a company. Right. I think those are some uh, excellent examples, and it seems to make sense on the surface as far as utilizing that passion that they might have, and instead of you know just letting them go or not being able to retain them, utilizing them to your company's advantage. I think that uh, I think those are some good examples there. One aspect of this I found intriguing uh, in something that you wrote was the idea that despite all the technology and the fact that we want things quick, and that the innovation generation might be entrepreneurial is that there's almost, they're almost more human in a lot of ways with what they want and what they desire. Can you explain that? Because I think most people see it as the opposite. <laughs> well, I think what's happened, I mean, you think about 
how the, the postmodern era has been described. And really, it's a much more pragmatic era. And I think the, the individuals aren't looking to get embedded into a lot of politics and, and hiding and hoarding. I, I think what the, a lot of the technology, especially social media and, and the sharing economy has done, has really opened our minds up to the idea of being open and transparent with one another mm -hmm. and being much more pragmatic about how we approach business. So when I, when I say human, I mean, I just look at it as a much more pragmatic and open and sharing way. And, and, and I think that's what the sharing economy is also doing. It's, it's bringing out a little more humanity in, in how we approach consumption. So the same thing, the same principle applies here. That whole idea of sharing and, and sharing information and, and being transparent it's just a matter of pragmatism that I think this generation brings. If you've ever been part of an entrepreneurial venture where you're starting up a company, that is almost, you know, mandatory that you have to be very uh, open and transparent, communicative with your business partners in order to make the, pull it off and make the, the venture succeed. So I think that's part of this whole entrepreneurial mindset and, and getting to market quickly. It's just we need to be really connected with one another and we need to be connected with our markets. And, and that's where content marketing, marketing and engagement marketing come in. Mm -hmm. It's really about not business to business, but human to human and really engaging your, your markets and your customers on a one-on-one -on -one level. And, and there's just a, a more human level to that. Not, you don't look at your markets as just, you know, a bunch of statistics right. numbers. You look at it as a set of people who are using your products and how do we really engage those people and provide the value for those people. Uh, that, that's the idea there. That, that's what we mean by being more human. Now, a number of people listening are going to hear our conversation and, and start to think, wow, this makes a whole lot of sense. All this seems great. There's no downside to this. But with everything, there's got to be a drawback. What would you offer up as maybe some of the concerns or potential issues with having this sort of idea of an innovation generation and, and their ideas, so to speak? Well, there's there's some important considerations to be made. I mean, if if someone does choose to go into a traditional organization, they have to go in with eyes wide open, mm -hmm. understanding that that organization may not be as far along as they are. And, and they, if they want to be a part of the solution there and bringing them along, it's going to take a lot of patience on their part, but proactive engagement on their part to, to move the organization in that direction and working collaboratively and, and in partnership with other people in the company. That's just going to take time, though, and it's going to take patience. The other thing is they, they also need to respect, to some degree, respect the infrastructure that's there because it has come to be there for a purpose, particularly when you're looking at proper design controls and quality controls. Just because you want to move faster and learn faster and get the market faster doesn't mean that you, or doesn't mean that it really makes sense to try to shortcut any proper design controls and quality controls when you're talking about developing products and services, for example. So you have to understand, and this takes some skill and experience, you have to come to understand what makes sense, what doesn't, how, and I always ask the question, how can we move faster? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, respect that we need to have proper controls in place and, and have the patience around that. So those are a couple of things that, you know, you're going to have to be aware of. Never can you abandon reason and say, you know, we're just going to, put something out there and not have regard for the, a proper process of validating it. Right. That always will be there. That will always be there. Now, with the whole lean startup concept, we've come to be aware of what's known as the, the minimum viable product or MVP. And that is a good concept that is starting to make its way 
more and more into larger enterprises, and they're looking at ways around how can we use the MVP concept to speed our, our, our entry into the markets. And that's all good, but, you know, the thing, again, they have to be careful because the struggle is understanding where the threshold for viable is and how that relates to your brands. Because if you spent, you know, tens of years and, and, and millions and, and tens of millions of dollars building a brand, you know, you don't want, you want to be careful not to erode that. So there's a balance to be had there between the whole MVP approach and maintaining brand equity and proper design controls. And so we just need to be aware of that. Kind of along the same lines, again, we'll have listeners that are, you know, in their 30s, 40s, and maybe feel like they'd like to learn something from this innovation generation and some of these ideas. Is there something they could do or in some way they could act or, or try to think that could help them at least in some way start to meet towards those ideas of the innovation side? Well, yeah, I think there, there are ways. You know, I think a lot of it is attempting to expose themselves to as much of the lean startup thinking, design thinking process, mm-hmm. and, and, and expose themselves to what's being talked about in engagement marketing right now. Areas like that, there are many resources on the Internet in terms of there's books you can read, there's blogs you can read, there's videos you can watch, and there's websites you can visit. Uh, so there's a number of resources out there, and I think the more they can just immerse themselves into some of the concepts, like I mentioned, like design thinking and, and lean startup and content marketing and so forth, that will really begin to open their eyes to to this. The, the other thing, too, is, is try to get to know people who are doing startup businesses or, or new ventures. Get to know venture capitalists and some of the businesses in their portfolio that they're sponsoring and maybe even volunteer to help out. A lot of times startup companies, are eager to get volunteer help because they don't have the the resources to pay a big staff and they'll often take on volunteers. So if they're really wanting to embed themselves, you know, and they have the time available, they can always get embedded into a startup company on a volunteer basis. And really it's a learning process and it really can, what they learn there can transfer into their, their other work and help, you know, educate them and broaden their horizons in that sense. I think that's a great idea. I mean, we encourage volunteering for a number of different reasons, and I think this is a perfect example of how you can help yourself in terms of moving forward with your career. Well, Anthony, it's an intriguing concept to talk about and the idea of the generation itself. We are getting low on time, but I wanted to give you the floor at the end here. Last 30 seconds or so, what message would you want to get out there in terms of innovation and the impact moving forward here in the both in the business world and just in a practical side of things? Thank you, Tim. I, so I think that the, the final message is, you know, the world is changing and it's changing around us and businesses will, will need to change to adapt. And so from the employee side, I think the, uh, the goal there is to really be as knowledgeable about these areas as you can and to come in with the right mindset and try to partner with companies to, to bring them along. And, and, and eventually that will happen. If companies don't follow suit, um, I think they will fall behind. So, you know, I think that's where the employees can really help try to push them. And on the employer side, I think it really behooves them to take a look at their their internal processes and opportunities for trying to engage these uh, new employees in this generation and ask themselves some tough questions about are we even relevant and how we're approaching business in the markets anymore or do we need to change and look for serious change there. I think that's the real message. You know, there's something on both sides of the table there. 
Well, I think that's a perfect way to wrap up this edition of Moving Up the Ladder. Again, we've been talking about the innovation generation and what that means really for all of us within the workforce. Anthony Mills has joined us today. He is the founder and CEO of Legacy Innovation Group and also a respected individual in the innovation world. Anthony, thanks for coming on the show, sharing your insights with us. My pleasure, Tim. And of course, you can shoot us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Yuma. We'll talk to you later.